Oh, yeah, yo. Welcome back to the Lightning Rod. New day and time. It's Monday, April 18th, 2022. This is the show that is currently under review for offsides. Might get called back. I am Johnny Pipes. And I'm Gannon, and we'll never let the Ducks fly away with a victory. No, we won't. Although they almost did, and that see that actually was sad. works kind of two ways because the Jets they also fly. You know, we'll we'll touch on that too. The Jets, who likes Jets anyways? Does Canada even have Jets, or do they just name their hockey teams that? No, they got an Air Force. Do they really? I believe so. Yeah, I would hope so. Your team is named the Jets. Yeah, I'm. I'm we're just talking talking shit here. Uh, Canadian military, you guys are awesome. I've trained with you before, and um, you're tougher than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. So, anyways, yeah, you've listened to uh, you're listening to Lightning Rod yet again. Why? <laughs> but you are, and this is the weekly wrap up show for Tampa Bay Lightning activities, banter, chit chat, all that good, bad, and indifferent, and you can join in the conversation with us if you'd like give us a call leave us a voicemail we'll play it 727-416-0613 or you can email us at the lightning rod one at protonmail.com and you can hit us up on twitter at lightning rod pod and uh, say what's up to uh, elon while you're at it <laughs> anyways yes so it was a good short weekend of hockey since normally we have about a week that we talk about, but we recorded the last time on Friday and now we're recording again on Monday. So we can uh, spend a little bit more time on the two games as opposed to trying to reach back in our, um, uh, really, um, cobwebby kind of minds and try to uh, remember what the hell happened in a game four or five days ago. <laughs> so I, I had a blast watching hockey this weekend um, even if I didn't watch them both live, I did watch the Ducks game live. I didn't watch the Jets game live. I watched that on the replay. I was about ready to give up on it, to be honest. I was at Passover dinner with my um, girlfriend and her family. Uh, they do the uh, family religious thing on the um, Easter dinner, all that kind of good stuff. I'm not religious, so I just go for the free food. And, you know, they're good people. Hell yeah. So um, I didn't get to watch it live, and I was, like, looking at the score as it was happening. And I was like, man, one step forward and two steps back. Uh, but then by the end of the night, I was like, no way. All right, yeah. I'm not even going to look at how this happened. I'm just going to dive right in and watch it again in the morning. Seems like you were a lot more comfortable watching these games than I was. I, when the uh, Ducks game started, I was waiting on a tow truck. My truck took another shit. So what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got it back 24 hours or yeah, I got it back the day before 24 hours later, alternator goes. So, uh, well, what kind of yeah. truck do you have? It, it was a uh, six-liter uh, Ford diesel. I, I got rid of it. I, I ended up getting it a little Tacoma just just to be a little more practical and uh, not have to worry every time I turn the key. Yeah, especially if you're driving, you know, many many minutes to get to to get to work and back. Oh, it's gonna be a hell of a lot cheaper to fill up. What uh, what kind of what year Tacoma? It's an O one, so I I keep going back. I've had an O five and O three, and now an O one. So uh. I guess my next car is going to be a 99. Oh, man. I know. I think it's funny. I go from the, uh, like, 
generally regarded most unreliable truck on earth to one of the most reliable trucks on earth. So, uh, uh, you will, you will love your Tacoma. I've got my, um, 2017 I've had now for, for, um, three years and I absolutely love it. It's probably going to be the last truck I have for many, many years, especially considering it's what it's a 17. It's only got, uh, t- less than 25,000 miles on it. So, Oh God. Yeah. You're going to die with that thing. I know. I can't wait. I had my, my previous vehicle was a, was a 1998 Toyota Camry, which I affectionately oh. called the uh, Camry Marrow. And, um, <laughs> I, I drove that thing. I, I drove it. I put myself 130,000 miles on it and it already had 120 when I bought it and it went across country four times and in all honesty, if, if I wasn't just ready for a new vehicle, I would probably still be driving it right now. I'd guarantee it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I was actually kind of contemplating trying to find the VIN number and see and seeing if it's a hunk of metal or if somebody's still rolling with it. <laughs> I was surprised <laughs> no, it, when it I traded it in that it, it actually, um, I was surprised they gave me money for it. They were like, Hey, we'll give you, we'll give you $500. I'm like, what are you, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no takesies backsies. Gotta love Toyotas. <laughs> oh man, so you didn't get to watch because of your truck, huh? Did you get to go back and uh, rewatch? Oh no, I, I watched. I was just waiting. <laughs> okay, you were you were watching yeah. it on your phone, or yeah, yeah, just sitting on the tailgate waiting for the truck. I guess there's there's worse ways to to kill time in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, except it did take two hours for him to get to me. Goodness oh, gracious. Well. well, we'll go uh, we'll go back in time here for a second uh, before we start talking about. Um, the first game, which was um, Friday night, and it was the uh, was it Friday? Yeah, Thursday. Was it, oh, it was Thursday? It was Thursday. I think so. What day is the fourteenth? Let's look at the calendar. I can't even tell. Yeah, it was Thursday, the fourteenth. There you go. All right, so we'll talk about this game, but first, uh, let's do a little one of these. And wait, we got to do that one more time here. And. Let's see. You got a score prediction for tonight? Uh, let's see. Playing the Ducks, I'm going to go 4-1 four, four, Lightning. All right. All right. All right. There's one. Let's see. You got a score prediction for tonight? Uh, let's see. Play Wait, hold on. That's the same one. Four, four. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you want to cut this? <laughs> no, not at all, because <laughs> this is what makes for a good show. Here, No, here's the one I wanted. We're I raw. I'm going to say, uh, I, be, I, I think if – Cooper was smart. He'd start Elliot. I, I, oh, I see where I, you're going. They probably have the starting lines out already. But if it's Elliot, I'm going to say back-to-back shutouts. Four nothing. As for who starts it off, I'm going to say... I'm going to... Bold of me, I'm going to say Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon, eh? Pat Maroon. And there's uh, one more here. Hold on. Hold on. I got one more. One more. We'll go back one more time. Uh, what are you looking for in this game? Uh, I'm looking for domination. Anything else will be uh, pathetic. It will be a failure, in my opinion. And we're back in the present. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you did get your domination, but only for 20 minutes. Yeah, I was I was kind of right with my prediction. Elliot did get a shutout. He didn't necessarily start it, but he didn't let in any goals. I'm giving him my late season MVP award right now. To be Dude, honest, seriously. he's got to have it. I don't know who else would. Like he's saving the day. 
Honestly, no, like, you know, I think we, we've touched on this a lot, but he has been just so good. He has been so good for us at, at every corner, and he's only getting better as the season's going on. He's nice to have in your back pocket during the playoffs in case, uh, you know, the, the defense decides to, to take a dump like they have been. <laughs> no, I think the defense is kind of rounding things out. They, they've played better recently. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back to that West Coast uh, trip where they just would not defend. They were lazy. You know, they, they've been tightening things down recently. But, again, not perfect. But, you know, it's not playoffs, so they're not going to be perfect. So what's your uh, your overall take, on, at least at the beginning of the game, before things got interesting? Yeah, I was I was right. It was complete domination for only those 20 minutes. You know, like, they, the Ducks had no room to operate. I thought that we would have at least scored three or four in that first period. You know, it didn't go that way. And Anthony Stolarz, Ducks goalie, he actually played really, really well. He is a, he is a beast out there. I mean, he's not the greatest goalie, but he is big. I think he's one of the biggest goalies in the league right now. But the, the offense and the defense from the Ducks, they just weren't there. And, again, this is a team that I really, really like. I love to watch them, especially, you know, even though they are kind of – I'm not going to call them bottom feeders. They definitely were last year. And they made a – you know, they were hunting for a playoff spot early in the season and didn't really go that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm not that I'm glad that they're kind of embracing the tank. But, you know, maybe, maybe pick up a, a good draft pick this year and uh, really push for it next year. But – I'm glad to see that they could turn things around at least for the second period and most of the way hold it down through the third, even though that wasn't their greatest period. So, um, But, no, I, I, I definitely liked how the Lightning played throughout this game. Uh, definitely a theme of the second period becoming one of their Achilles heels. It seems like they lose their gas in the second. I'm not sure why, you know, because in the third they look fine, in the first they look fine. And I'm not only talking about this specific game, I'm talking about recent weeks. The, the second period seems to really, really suck the energy out of that team for some reason. Oh, you weren't kidding about Big. He's 6'6", 243 pounds. Lord. That's a that's a big boy. I bet he eats a lot of spaghetti. <laughs> So he's played uh, – he's their backup, right? Because isn't Gibson still their starter? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's played mostly for Anaheim in his career. He looks like he's had a stint with uh, Philly um, and Toronto and Edmonton as well. You know who his goaltending partner in Philly was? Uh, Brian Elliott, I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah, oh, nice. I wouldn't necessarily call him a partner because that was the year that they had eight – goalies that they started 20, Philadelphia 2016 17 he only played in seven games so he only started six games or no he only Elliott or Stolarz Stolarz he, he played in seven and he started four with a two and one record he's been good for the Ducks he really has been you know he's never found anywhere to really stick but hopefully you know he could, he could hang around with Anaheim he, he's been he's been really good for them especially since Ryan Miller left him he was only there for a season or two, but so looking at this no. year, he's played in 25 games. He started 21 of them and he's got a winning record. He's 11 and seven. Woo. So that's not too bad. He's got a nine seventeen save percentage. So, I mean, I think over nine, if you're a backup is probably pretty good. 2.63 goals against. That's not, that's not terrible. No, not at all. And they, they've got another good goaltender in the works right now. He, um, when Gibson was injured, he played a couple of games. His name is uh, Luca Luca or Lucas Dostal. He actually scored a goal in the AHL a couple of weeks ago. Nice goalie. Mm -hmm. Goalie goals are awesome. 
I know. Everybody loves them. I don't care who it is. I don't care if I hate you. So uh, the scoring started off. Tampa scored twice. Uh, Colton, who um, Colton scored in two minutes and 37 seconds in off a feed from Stamkos. Uh, Colton, I think, is is we're starting to see him mature uh, right before our eyes. Like he's looking better every every day. Mm-hmm. I think. Would you agree? Absolutely. You know, you'll listen to uh, Brian Engblom. He actually really loves Ross Colton. He he harps on him a lot. He says, you know, he's got a great one timer. He just all he doesn't really have the biggest wheelhouse. And you know, and Colton's not known for his shot, and that's actually kind of a good thing to have an underrated shot and one timer. Uh, but he does kind of have to work on it. Sounds like it's bad, but he he has to hone it. You know, and, and hopefully. And I'm not expecting anything soon, but hopefully in the next season or two, he can be an actual legitimate one-timer threat in the right circle there. But as for right now, he's dynamic. He's he's he'll he'll score from anywhere on the ice, and really in this back half of the season, he's really really come on and become a legitimate scoring threat from anywhere. So hopefully he can expand his repertoire. But Colton, he he definitely is maturing. He's becoming such a great player, and he came out of nowhere last season and he's quickly quickly becoming a fan favorite as well yeah he's got a baby face you can't you know not love him like he's, he's absolutely he looks like a little kid and he gets out there <laughs> and you know and he still tries to fight and uh, you know and he, you know gets all up into everybody's everybody's stuff that was his 17th goal of the season uh it was kind of a uh a ricochet like he he threw it up off of a, a ducks player and it went in and that kind of confused I guess. Yeah, he kind of he kind of fanned on the shot. He didn't get it where he wanted it to, but it went off of um, I can't remember the Ducks defender, but it went off of his leg and in the net. So I'll take that. The radio guys were confused. They kept thinking it was uh, Andre Palat the whole time. It's like he's not even near. He's not even near the play. <laughs> Who uh, Michigan and Espo? Yeah, they they were a little confused, but uh, it was Colton. He got the first goal. That was two minutes in, and then uh, then it became the Alex Kalorn show for basically the rest of the game. Um, he got a score 16 minutes and 42 seconds into the first period. Uh, he got his 22nd from Sorelli and uh, Chernak. That was the first period of domination, two goals uh, and none by the Ducks. And then uh, everything turned to turned turned to shit. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, this. Um, so I I saw the first tip shot that went in that Adam Henrique goal. And I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, it's a tip, blah, 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 blah. Let's see, uh, you know, let's let's score some more. Let's play some good hockey. And then my girlfriend came. She picked me up. So I get in the car real quick, turn my phone off, and I open the game up like three minutes later. And it's, you know, we, we were winning 2-1. to one. Now it's 3-2 ducks. I was like, what what the hell happened? And I look over. Elliot's in the net. I'm like, oh, God, did Vazzy get hurt? Like, what's going on? And um, no, I, I guess uh, the other uh, – Henrik and Terry goals, those were both tips as well. Schuster getting on the board with an assist. Yeah, but, that's um, that's like insult to injury. I thought <laughs> that was that was the, the their third goal, and it looked it looked like he had scored it, but it was a tip. Mm-hmm. All three goals were tips. And um, let's see what uh, let's see what Espo has to say about this. Oh, I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Vasilevsky is not going to be happy. Nope. And you can't blame him on any of these. No, you couldn't. He said it best. You couldn't. Um, yeah, it looked like Schuster scored. He didn't. It was a tip, but it was three straight tips, and uh, he got the hook. 
And the last time that Vassy got the hook, there was a different presidential administration in <laughs> that. Um, and it was that against Ottawa. It was like in 2017, I think something like that. It was like way back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was a no, long, I think it was long time ago. 2018. And I believe he's gone the longest of any uh, starting goalie in the NHL. He's been the longest uh, goalie that hasn't gotten the hook. And it's not even until. so much that it, that he's just that good because everyone knows he's just that good. It's that Co- Cooper doesn't pull guys. Like, he, he just doesn't do it. It's just not something that he does. He's like well, ride or die. This season, it seems like he's been a little more aggressive if i want to use that term but we've seen him bench players he benched stamkos only you know last week or the week before whenever it was he made that shitty drop pass blah 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 he's i haven't seen it as much from him in years past but this year it seems like he is uh really trying to get get a message across to the guys this wasn't anything that vasilevsky did wrong it was kind of to wake the whole team up you know if if vasilevsky's not safe none of us are if there's any untouchable on the team it is vasilevsky i i would i would assume that they would trade the entire team before they even considered about moving him so if he's getting pulled from a game everybody kind of perks up and they're like oh shit this is this is for real well, he got pulled, and Elliot came in, and Elliot was fantastic. He stopped uh, during the, during regulation. He stopped one breakaway, uh, all alone. That was nice. And that wasn't even like a pressured breakaway either. Troy Terry had time and space. He didn't really get a great shot across, but nevertheless, it's a breakaway. So, hats off to Elliot. Yeah, absolutely. He was not nervous at all. He's like, "All right, I've been here before," and so that. Um, that was awesome. It was 3-2 after the second period, and it was 3-2 for the vast majority of the third period with the tying goal coming from Kucherov with uh, about 13 seconds left in regulation. It was a um, six on five, and that was from Corey Perry and Steven Stamkos. And that was awesome because he just turned and shot. Like That was it. It wasn't anything special. He just shot it. Mm-hmm. About 10 seconds before that, he had an open net, one-timer opportunity and he just he just fanned on it he he completely missed the puck and i am i'm i'm gonna say i'm proud of kucherov for not just being a diva in this situation like you know he's kind of known to be and you know you you'd figure i don't know it's kind of late in the game so i doubt it but you know you'd figure he'd kind of get pissed at himself he's known to do that and just kind of whatever but he gets the puck back and just fires it just gets it on net phil would be happy and thank God we had a good screen in front and it just happened to find its way in. And, man, I don't know if you saw Stolarz after that goal went in, but he was just trying to he – was, he was not happy with himself at all. If that doesn't tell you something, nothing does. <laughs> he gets the puck. Kucherov, that is. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, man, I love Phil. That was uh, – that tied the game up right at the end of regulation – and um, then you get into the overtime, and uh, Elliot stops another breakaway to keep the game going. Um, that but, was uh, uh, what's his name, Trevor Zegras. Yep, he kind of he, he kind of uh, shot either. No, it was kind of weak actually. Like it was, a, I'm happy that he saved it for sure, but it, he didn't really. Um, you'd think a guy that's doing all the magic stuff that he's doing would do something magic. He didn't. He's just like. Bleh. And you know? he, he had time and space, too. Like, they were clear breakaways, especially in three-on-three. Three. Like, you would 
you would think that he would, yeah, try to do some of his magic moves. I know he was trying to go five hole, but it's not like he did anything to open up the five hole. It's just Elliot had it open and shut it down once he was taking the shot. So, again, great save by Elliot. Now, the the main story, or the, the, the side story, I guess you could say, the side plot of this game was the, uh, the plight and trials and tribulations of one uh, Harvard graduate, Alex Kalorn. <laughs> who scored the first, the second goal for us in the first period and then had two more go in the net, both of which were called back because they were offsides. And they were both offsides for sure, but they were so close. And it's like, man, talk about having the worst luck that that happened. And so now, and, and the second one was in overtime, and it would have been the game winner, and he was offsides. So of course, when the the when when uh, the the actual game winning goal came around, he was not going to be denied. Like he was essentially no. doing that entire sequence on his own, and it wound up on Sorelli's stick with a sweet pass from him. Uh, and Sorelli had it, uh, and he didn't even he didn't even get it cleanly. But the the goalie was already like basically flat on his stomach, mm-hmm. and and Sorelli shoved it in for the, for the game winner. What's funny about that goal is that Sorelli, he was ready for it, but he wasn't ready for it. Like, he, he, he got himself open, he dragged a defender with him, and just stopped up, and he was ready for that puck. And I don't know if he thought it, it, it would actually make it, but great pass and great patience by Killorn, who, again, just was not going to be denied. He was going to end this game one way or another. And yeah, kind of handcuffed Sorelli, but gets it on a stick and shovels it in. Game over. Which is good because, uh, you know, it was a home game and, the you know, the fans are already thinking like, dear God, not again. Come on. <laughs> like, we're getting tired of this this season. You know, it's playoffs are right around the corner. You're playing a team that's not very good. Like, don't give this one up. Please <clears throat> don't. And they didn't. They didn't. And it was a well-deserved win. Uh, puts them at four to three. Uh, and they get to go home and sleep in their own beds happy. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to uh, Saturday night, Saturday night against the Jets. Yes, Canada does have Jets, and they play hockey. This was just kind of a, a weird game all around, to be honest. The first goal uh, by Paul Stastny was 56 seconds into the game. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was a tip as well. Yep. Actually, I think a lot of these goals were tips. Eh? I don't know if the Lightning just aren't boxing out players in front of the net or what's going on or if it's an issue. I haven't really seen it over the uh, like over the course of the season, but these last couple of games, they've definitely been getting a lot of tips off. And, you know, tips, I'm not going to say that they look easy, but, you know, they seem kind of like, mm, I don't even know the word to describe it, but they're harder than they seem. You know, to, to actually get good wood and angle it in the direction that you want it, tips are actually extremely hard, but they're about even harder to save. So a lot of these goals, you know, despite getting four past Elliot, he looked great throughout most of the game. Well, they interviewed, I can't remember if this was in the Ducks game or the Jets game. Um, they did an intermission interview with Lalonde or uh, Uncle Fester, if you'd like. <laughs> And, I like uh, Gru. Gru, there you go. That one works too. Um, and I think he was even saying like, there's ways that you can stop tips though. There's there's things that is like it's not on the goalie. The 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 defense can can back check and and hold sticks down and things like that. Like there's mm-hmm. ways you can box guys out. And so 
you know, the fact that it keeps happening kind of sucks. But hopefully what I'm what I'm hoping, having watched this entire game on Sunday morning, that this is where they they turn their corner. Like this is where things get locked in. Cause they were down four to two in the middle of the second period. Like the first period, the goals, they went Winnipeg and then um Kalorn got a power play goal six minutes in from Stammer and Hedman. And then it went back to Winnipeg again. Kyle Connor, who to me looks exactly like Mike Glennon with a wig. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Mike Glennon, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, Mike Glennon, also uh, affectionately known as the ginger giraffe. <laughs> you, you slap a red wig on this guy and he looks like uh, Kyle Connor. So Kyle Connor, he, he might not be the prettiest guy, but I would say one of the more, if not the most underrated player in the league. He's got he 43 a, goals. Dude, he is a machine, and it's not even like he's that one-dimensional. He plays penalty kill. He He's a really good player all around. He, he was mid-first-round uh, mid pick, and if I was redrafting that draft class, I think he was 2015, I'd pick him, I don't know, maybe third or fourth overall. Like, that was a stacked draft class, and that just tells you how, uh, you know, how dominant he, he has been. He, he is a driving force behind that offense. There, there was no way anybody was stopping him when he got that breakaway. Phenomenal player. Can't say enough about him, but enough about the Jets. Is he, uh, is he kind of take, did he basically kind of take the place of line A, of what line A used to do for him? I wouldn't say take the place because line A, he, in Winnipeg, he was definitely very one dimensional. Like he would not back check, he wouldn't do shit. Other than you know, stand stand somewhere and hope the puck gets to him, so he can you know fire a rocket. Kyle Connor, I I'd say he's a lot more dynamic. He he can be plugged into a lot more situations, be be trusted a little bit more, more responsible. But um, he he definitely take took over some of the workforce that that line I left. Gotcha. So he scored the that was the, their second goal. It was the third goal of the game. Uh, that was a feed from um, Pierre Luc Dubois got the assist on that. Then with about a minute and a half left in the period, uh, Belmar uh, got a puck on the on the board and turned and fired and uh, got his ninth goal of the year. Uh, that was Jan Ruda and Victor Hedman on the on the assists there that tied the game up two to two going into the second period. Um, one of the one of the storylines of this game before we go into the second uh, would be the 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 mental game of Corey Perry. <laughs> getting completely into everybody's head. And um, I think in the second period when he, when he started going at it with someone was, uh, I think that was about the turning point for this game. And that was in the second. Um, in the second, there were two really quick goals, seven minutes and nine minutes in. Josh Morris, he got his 12th. And Blake Wheeler on the power play got his uh, 13th. That put them up four to two. And it was at that point I was looking at my phone and I was like, God, all right, <laughs> there we go. So that happened, but then things turned around right after that. Um, their fourth goal was when uh, Perry was getting into it and he got into a fight and it seemed that seemed to be when things turned. There was it absolutely already, was. There was already some agitation earlier. Like Perry got, in the, I want to say this was the first period or early in the second. I can't remember which period it was. But he got completely bowled over. And um, Bogosian, Bogo himself, went apeshit. On, well, that, uh, was, that was after the, um, 
That was in the first period when Kucherov got interfered with. He took an elbow to the head from Adam Lowry and Bogo. I watching the replay, I think that was I think it was just incidental contact. He didn't really stick it out or anything like that, but Cooch definitely hit it hard. Not that he was shaken up, but it, it definitely, you know, you know, knocked him around a little bit. And Bogosian, yeah, he he took a he took exception to that and squared off with Lowry, a former Jet himself. I'm not sure if they were ever teammates, but um, yeah, good 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 on Bogo sticking up for Cooch there. That was good to see. Then uh, the Perry thing happened right after the uh, the fourth goal from the Jets um, when he got uh, he, he was I don't remember was it when he got completely interfered with like on the blue line he just got completely knocked over. Or he was got that knocked over a couple of times this game? There's one where he, um, I cannot remember for the life of me. It wasn't Lowry. It wasn't Appleton. It was shit. I'm forgetting who he who he fought. But um, regardless, whoever whoever he did end up fighting with, it was the person who bowled him over. He was you know scrum started and Corey was just trying to find just find the guy who uh, who knocked him over and Lowry was trying to get in the middle of it and he finally got to the guy and. Dude, Perry, he's not a fighter, but he is scrappy. And when he does drop the gloves, I wouldn't want to match up with him. And he, he gets the guy's helmet off real quick, and he's going in for one. And both the linesmen come in. Like, dude, like, <laughs> they they hadn't any got real shots off. He just got his helmet off, and they're about to finally, like, actually start going at it. And then you come in and break it up right as it's getting to the best part. Come on. Well, I'm confused because I actually thought that – when helmets come off is when they're supposed to stop it. But I've seen them not do that this year too. No, no. What now there's a new rule they put in a couple of years ago where you can't like, if you square off, you know, back in the, back in the day, square off, both guys respect, take their helmets off. But in the last couple of years, you have to leave your helmet on if you are going to fight. So Perry, you, you can knock a guy's helmet off. You can take it off like that. That's all fair and air quote legal. But I, for some reason, the linesman just had to jump in. At least that's to my knowledge. I've not heard or seen anything about if you take a guy's helmet off, you know, the fight's null, the linesmen are going to come in because that's part of fighting. It's part right. of the game. Well, that certainly uh, injected some life into the team. Um, it was right after that, the, the bolts took off like a jet, if you will. Ha-ha. <laughs> Uh, Nick Paul got the next goal, 13 minutes, 15 seconds in. You want to talk about a guy who uh, has just been amazing since we've got him. It's Mr. Bean himself, Nick Paul. Um, he did a, a cute little uh, turnaround and shot and shoot, and it was um, it was really pretty. Uh, Espo was super happy with it, and um, it was a wrist shot too, but it looked a lot harder than you would think. That He's was... got a great wrist shot from when when they made the trade. You know, I didn't know anything about the guy. I've I've heard the name and whatever, but I haven't really watched him play or extremely thoroughly. But I looked at his uh his goals, and it seems like he he's just got a wicked wrister just from what I saw before this. And yeah, he he uh, he carried that skill over here to Tampa. It's a, it's appropriate that he's wearing number twenty because he reminds me a lot of how Blake Coleman played. So is I think they're fairly similar in uh, in their kind of stick to itiveness. I guess you know their mm-hmm. their their uh, their drive, their motor. They remind me. He reminds me a lot of Blake Coleman. So it makes sense that we get a twenty for a twenty. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's as much as like a like a honey badger as Blake Coleman. Like 
Coleman, he would definitely play above his weight si weight class. But Paul, he seems like he, you know, for what he is, he plays really well and he sticks to his strengths. He had, there was one in this game where he was trying to protect the puck in the corner, maybe get it off. Somebody was coming in about to just squish him against the boards. Nope, reverse check lays him down. He's got great hands and even better feet. That's one thing that I really want to get get past you is that his footwork is something else. It, it it looks, you know, it looks simple, but I, he he uses his feet in a in a way that, you know, opens up ice and and evades defenders. I'm I'm doing a bad job of explaining it, but he uses his feet in credit to his hands. I I I wish I could elaborate on it more, but just just watch him, isolate him next time. You see him on the ice, and he, he's, he's got some fancy feet, let me tell you. And he uses them to his advantage, and if he keeps doing it, doing it, he will he will definitely excel. I, I loved seeing him on this first line with Cooch and Point as well. I think he fit in really well. Who knows if he'll stay there, but at least in this Jets game, I thought that he fit in phenomenal. And he's got spectacular eyebrow game. Yes. <laughs> and if he keeps dozing that, oh, wait. Oh, I'm just kidding. Hey. I'm just gonna give you some shit. I'm just I'm just as bad as you are, so don't worry. So that was uh that game that actually put uh put it what three to two or no wait hold on that was four to two four to three that was our third goal. Mm -hmm. uh, we were still down four to four to three at that point. Uh, five minutes later, Kucherov uh, off a beautiful give and go from uh, Hedman um, that ties the game up at four with uh, two minutes left in the second period. And that was awesome. That was a beautiful passing play with Cooch and Hedman. Yeah, a little tic tac toe, like that was that was awesome. And so Paul that, got a helper on that one too. Yep, the man the man does everything. He does mm -hmm. everything. Uh, so that was the second period. So now we're tied, going into the third period, and the third period was all bolts, all bolts, all the time. Uh, Stamkos got his thirty uh, third with three minutes in, from Palat. And that everything, that's another thing about this, the last couple of games has been backhand mania. Like all, all these goals have been getting so many backhands now. I don't mm -hmm. know if they've just been like sitting in practice and working on backhands or what, or if it just happens to be that way. This was kind of for, you know, out of the seven goals, this one was very underrated for, for some reason. Palat did a great job of he he accepted the, a a pass off of a turnover and just really he dragged two Jets defenders with him. He they thought he was going to make a run for the net and just does a really hard across the body. When I say hard, like difficulty hard cross body pass to Stamkos with just miles of open ice in front of the net and yeah backhand forehand backhand into the net. It was a beauty, underrated play by Palat an underrated goal by Stamkos, by my standards. That made it, that made it five to four. Three minutes later, Kucherov gets another one on uh, Victor Hedman's fourth point of the night. This is Kucherov's eighteenth goal, and uh, that made it um, six to four. Lightning or touchdown, Tampa Bay. <laughs> there you go, Mean Gene. <laughs> and uh, to finish the game off, Sergachev on another backhand from uh, Chernak and Kucherov to make it the extra point. Sergey needed that goal too. He got burned on that um on that Connor play. He really needed something to kind of pick himself up. Not that he played bad after that or played bad the whole game, but it's like 
you know, if you, if you, not that he got burned either, but he just did not have his man covered, which led to Connor getting that break. And so, yeah, they really paid off for Sergachev, and that was even more beautiful. I think, I think it was a better backhand than Stamkos. He came flying in. That's his seventh goal of the season, and uh, that put the cherry on top of the game, seven to four, and uh, Elliot. Elliot gets the win on that one. So that was awesome. And then uh, what else you got about this game? Anything? Well, Victor Hedman, he had his second four-point night of the season, ended up with 72 points on the season now, which ties his career high for points in a season. So hopefully next coming game, hopefully tomorrow, he will eclipse his career high in points in a season. Other than that, I mean, this the despite it being seven to four, I think the score kind of lies a little bit. This this game was pretty much all lightning. It was very very refreshing to see, especially with you know refreshing for the offense as well. I'm hoping that the, these last two games are the, the jolt that that they need, you know, the to kind of finish out the season strong and go into the playoffs with like a, a positive frame of mind versus, uh, you know, oh, man, we've been struggling. I know the playoffs are different, but we've still been struggling because, you know, it's got to still be in the back of your mind. So if you can finish this out strong, I think I, I like their chances a little bit better going forward. I definitely hope it kind of kicks their ass into shape, but every time, every time we've said that, it seems like they regress back to the norm where it's like, uh, you know, they're, you know, just above 500, you know, playing – just above par but hopefully you know with the with the last what we've got six or seven games left hopefully they can carry some of this momentum i just don't want to sound like a broken record yep seven games left the next of which uh against the red wings tomorrow night red wings just got destroyed yesterday uh, by the panthers six to one so they're probably going to be looking for a little bit of redemption but they're probably not going to get it because the last time that happened or pretty much any team that goes down and gets destroyed by Florida and then they come up thinking like, yeah, we're not going to let that happen. Then it happens again. So, I mean, Detroit's really not that great. So there's no reason why we can't beat them. There's 20, they're 29, 37 and 10. So we should be able to get a decent game. The more important game is the one after that um, on the 21st against Toronto because then we'll be trying to get, a little bit of redemption off of that. Plus it would be the probably a first round playoff preview. I think it's pretty much set that we're playing Toronto. Well, I'm not going to call it set until it's actually set. Cause this, there's been so many weird back and forths in the last, um, you know, couple weeks that it's hard to tell, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. I mean, I know, it, but- it certainly looks that way for sure, but who knows? Let's see. I'm not. I'm not like scared of Toronto. I think we'd actually, you know, I think we'd fair match up well against them. But it does kind of worry me. Like I, I, I would hate to be the team that Toronto finally exercises their demons against and and gets past this first round. But at the same time, I think it would be just hilarious to, uh, and probably likely to add to that record of a uh, futility from them. I mean, we've got right now. We've got a three-point lead on Boston, 
So we're at 100 points. They're at 97. And uh, we're six points behind Toronto. So essentially the equivalent of three games. We can make one of those up on the 21st against them for sure. But let's see what let's take a look at what Boston's got for the rest of the year, um, what their what their schedule looks like, because that'll kind of make a difference. They haven't been playing their best hockey recently. In their last ten, they're five and five. Well, we can say the same thing. <laughs> We're five, three, and two. They've got uh, the Blues, the Penguins, and the Rangers coming up. Those are their next three. Oof. Then they get the Canadians, but they also get to play the Panthers after that. And then the Sabres, and they finish up the, the, the season at Toronto. So Ooh, They've got a gauntlet to run through. Yes, they do. Their only breaks are uh, Montreal and Buffalo, if Buffalo is even a break, if you can consider that a break now. Yeah, like the, the teams that we got to go through, I think it's like Toronto, and then the rest of them are pretty much – I think we got Florida one more time. Yeah, we do have yeah, Florida Yeah, we do. One I'm going to be there. Then, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. And then we've got – We've got um, Florida. We've got uh, um, so we've got Nashville, Florida, and then we've got back to back. We're not not back to back, but a home and home uh, in Columbus. So we got Columbus twice in a row, and then we finish up in um, uh, Long Island. Long Island in Long Island with the with the Barzells. It's Long Island. Whatever they are. <laughs> I don't know. New York. New York Islanders against the the New York Trots. You got the Trots? That's a terrible name to have. Man, I think he got what? made fun of a lot as a kid. Like, well, hey Barry, you got the Trots? Uh, hey, it makes sense. They play uh, they play right next to a uh, horse track. <laughs> oh Lord. Yes. So good weekend of Lightning hockey. We are very happy to uh, be talking about some victories finally. Yeah, right. Decisive. Maybe so, not Maybe not an overtime win, but I think it was bolts for uh, at least 40 minutes of that game, the Ducks game at least. Yeah, the Ducks game kind of reminded me of old school lightning hockey where you're like, oh, God, they're going to lose. Wait, they're not going to lose. Oh, God, they might lose. Oh, no, no, they're good. <laughs> it reminded me of the old days watching, watching lightning old days like four years ago, four or five years ago before they got a hold of some defense. Oh yeah, when they'd win games six to five. Yeah, Ugh. and they always look kind of out of it, and then somehow they'd still win. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, not lightning related, but the Ottawa Senators, the owner Eugene Melnick, he passed away a couple of weeks ago, and there's been you know the kind of business as usual, but there's been talks about like you know people maybe wanting to buy the team, and you know who the front runner for buying the team is. This is the senators you're, senators you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Who's that? Justin Bieber. Isn't He's he a Sean- Leafs fan though? He is. <laughs> like, isn't but he like he, a die? Like, isn't he like their mascot essentially? Bro, he's best buds with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Like, I don't, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be hanging out afterwards. <laughs> Who I, knows if it's actually gonna happen? But like, apparently, it's it's been rumored to be him. He's he's stated that he had wanted to buy an NHL franchise for a while now, and it is kind of fitting the Senators, especially because he's you know he's from Toronto, but you know it's it's Ontario. Well, I want to know if Austin Matthews has friends back in Arizona that are like, dude, what are you doing? Why why are you friends with that guy? <laughs> that guy is lame, man. 
like it's the Bieber. I'd be friends with the Biebs. That makes one of us. <laughs> I don't care what kind of parties he's going to get me into. I'm not going to be seen with him. Maybe I'll use him for like entrance into the parties. And then when I'm in there, I'm just going to pretend like I don't know him. Man, hating on Biebs is so 2012. Well, have you, you've clearly never met me. I still watch shows from the 1970s. So <laughs> this is what happens. I, I Well, Biebs bothers me because um, when I walk my dog every day, one route that I take, you know, goes by a couple bus stops and uh, at the bus stop is just a giant advertisement. That's, that's like him sitting at a soundboard and it bothers me because I'm like, I make music and I want to be in there where you are playing with those buttons and stuff. But here you are looking like a douche wearing your like, you know, $450 pair of jeans that have gigantic holes in them and like this puffy jacket like it's 20 degrees inside the studio and like i just want to punch you in the face well as a music maker maybe you sh should want to be friends with the beebs no because i'd rather i no, i think yeah in all practical sense maybe i should like maybe it would be beneficial but i'm also a stubborn son of a bitch so hey, keep your friends close keep your enemies close i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it like I'm just, <laughs> even if something is clearly good for me, I'm, if I don't want to do it, I'm still not going to do it. And, and, you and know, that's what we call integrity. Exactly. And if there's one thing that, that I've learned in my life, it's, it's, it's integrity. I don't, I, yeah, I, I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> so uh, do we want to talk about actual owners? Go for it. Macklemore and Marshawn Lynch are now minority owners of the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I saw the clip of uh, of Marshawn rolling around on on the Zamboni. Hopefully, he doesn't get cancer. What? Yeah, so the the Flyers um, are getting sued by uh, some of their people because they're developing cancer uh, from the either the fumes or something having to do with the Zamboni. And there's oh, like the Zamboni drivers. I just saw that too. Sorry, we merged two headlines in one. <laughs> well, that, that seems a lot more important. Like I saw, like I saw something about that, but I didn't know like what it was about. So uh, yeah, enlighten me. <laughs> uh, yeah, supposedly it's the uh, ventilation. Maybe I guess they just didn't have great ventilation, and they were using the non-electric Zamboni, and so there's maybe fumes or something like that. I, I don't know exactly. I just know that there is um, a lawsuit against Philadelphia right now, the organization, and it has to do with the Zamboni drivers and the guys getting cancer. Damn, Philly can't catch a break right no, now. No, and one of their fans said this is by far the worst year of hockey that the Flyers have ever had, like all around the organization just top to bottom. I'd probably agree. Yeah, so, well, back to Seattle because I used to live there, and it's – Macklemore is kind of the, um, he's like the Seattle celebrity. Seattle loves their musicians. Um, everything they do there is, is music themed. Um, even at, you go to Mariners games and, you know, and then they'll do, you know, the, the grunge nights and, you know, everything is, is, you know, you'll have the, the guitar player from Pearl Jam that, that plays the national anthem sometimes and they'll do um, little music interludes with all the Seattle bands from back in the day. Um, and there's a, I mean, a ton of them. Like Jimi Hendrix was from Seattle. Uh, Seattle. He's buried there. He was. Yep. Jimi Hendrix is buried in rent in uh, Renton. Damn, so it's I right outside of Seattle. And um, you know, obviously the whole grunge thing and 
the name of their museum there used to be called the Experience Music Proje- Project. Now it's called the Mopop Museum of Popular Culture, something like that. So they love Marshawn and they love um, and they love Macklemore. Macklemore, I'm not really a huge fan of musically, at least, but um, he's a good person. He seems like a good person. Yeah, I agree with you. I've I've never been a fan of his music, but you know nothing against the guy. Okay, yeah. would you be friends with Macklemore? I mean, probably, but <laughs> considering he's from Seattle, he'd probably give me the freeze. The Seattle freeze is an actual thing, regardless of how badly they want to deny it. It is a real thing. What's that? The Seattle freeze, like, so if, you know, you move to Seattle and you're not from Seattle or you're not from the area, it's very difficult to break into, like, a group of acquaintances. You get Mm. kind of frozen out a little bit. Um, They're very passive-aggressive. They're very noncommittal. And they, they nickname that the Seattle freeze. Now, if you tell them, like, yeah, you know, the Seattle freeze is a real thing. They'll be up in arms like, no, we're so welcoming. No, shut up. No, you're not. But it is a real thing. So, uh, yeah, if, if I probably would not end up being friends with Maclebor. Although, if he if he liked to drink, I did drink a lot in Seattle. Um, so maybe I would have sat at a bar and had a drink with him. That's about the only time you can ever really talk to him. Because if you're like, oh, hey, man, let's go do something, uh, go play some disc golf or something like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then you never hear from him again. That's just the way that people are in Seattle. The funny thing about that city right now is uh, that the demographics have shifted so heavily in the last 10 years there because of the fact that all of the major tech corporations have moved in, like Amazon headquarters is there. Um, Microsoft has been there since the dawn of time. Uh, Google is there. Facebook is there. All these companies have, and there's a big tech startup. Boeing uh, isn't. Boeing is there, as a matter of fact. Oh, did they move back? Well, Bo- Boeing, it, they have their main facility is there. Wait. They're also Wait, in yeah, South yeah. Carolina. So they, 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 they opened up a big plant in Charleston, South Carolina because of the union laws. Um, so, but they, their main headquarters is still just south. Of, it's in SeaTac. It's just south oh. of um, Seattle. It's Seattle-Tacoma. I remember when they merged with McDonnell Douglas. They moved it to Chicago, I think. And uh, that was kind of the uh, start of the decline for Boeing. I think they must have moved it back. I remember it was a huge, a huge deal in the aviation world. You know, when when, when was that? Thirty something years ago. Yeah, they are still there. They're still the the uh, the massive plant that's there. Um, a good majority of the people still work there. There's a huge, massive amount of people that still work there. Airbus is better. Sure. I Sorry. I have I'm I have no nerd. opinion on on the the quality <laughs> of aircrafts. To be honest with you. When your whole family is aviators, you get very opinionated about it. And here you are tooling around on the water. What's going on? Why aren't you following in their in their uh, lighter than air footsteps? None of us want to be on land. That's it. Yeah, the Earth sucks, right? <laughs> so I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off. Are you going somewhere with? The- well, no. I was just going to say that that native Seattleites are getting really upset because all of the the tech companies brought in their own people from all over the world and all over the country, and they're gentrifying the absolute hell out of the city. And that drives, that always drives native city people nuts. Like when they see their city change and the things that they grew to love about that city, they start to change. They're like, oh, what are you doing? All the old grunge hangouts and the clubs and things like that, they're not really surviving that well anymore and so they're 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 getting really upset about it so as a person who lived there for five years and was not a native seattleite 
um, I got to see it all firsthand and I laughed a little bit because they're assholes most of the time. So <laughs> I got a little schadenfreude to be honest with you. So anyways, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for Marshawn and, and Macklemore to be honest. I didn't even know that Seattle's ownership group were offering shares. Like how is that? Yeah. How does that even work? I know. I had no idea as well. So I, I thought they already like the ownership was done. Like, are they already getting new owners and they haven't even played a full season of hockey yet? I think it's just for something to do. At least for uh, Macklemore and Lynch's case. I do like Seattle. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I had a good time living there. I, I would never in a million years live there again. Um, but I did have a good time while I was there. I met some of the, the best people in my life there and uh, drank a whole lot. A whole lot. <laughs> and you know what I saw? I'm a music person. I saw every every living artist that I wanted to see like if they were going to tour, they were coming through Seattle. It was an absolute guaranteed stop. And so I have a little tin of all of the, the, all of the shows that I went to go see. And I saw a bunch, which was the best, uh, my favorite show of all time. Iggy pop. Iggy okay. pop is like, a, I, I'm not going to call him an idol. He's never somebody you should, uh, idolize, <laughs> but it, he is, you know, kind of a musical hero for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, he put, on one of the greatest shows that I've ever seen. And it actually wound up being kind of a super group because the album that he was touring on post post pop depression was, um, recorded with Josh Homme, who is the, uh, lead singer and guitar player for Queens of the stone age. And then oh. some other guys that are, that are pretty big in the music world as well. So it was such a fantastic show. And that dude's in his, I think he's, he might actually be in his seventies now, but I think at the time he was in his late sixties and he still rolled out there with his shirt off. He still, Ran around like he was 25 years old. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And aside from that, um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Ooh, that's a good one. King Lizard and the Gizzard. Lizard. I can't even say the name. <laughs> King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard puts on arguably the the like the best small club show that you could ever see. It was um for their Nonagon Infinity uh, tour. I don't know if you know if you know anything about this band. They release probably somewhere between seven and 10 albums a year. It's crazy. Some, some bands, you won't get an album out of them for five years. These guys will release like 10 in one year, but that one album and that show was absolutely amazing. So yeah, those are my top two for sure. (laughs) When you, when you say that, uh, lizard, that was a small, small venue. Like how small. So I saw them in a place called the, um, the Neptune Theater, which is in um, the University District of uh, of Seattle, so up by the college, uh, the University of Washington, and it's a converted old theater, and um, it's probably I'm trying to think of a good comparison size. Um, imagine, imagine like three or four rooms put together. I mean, you're I, I couldn't have been more than. I couldn't have been more than like 20 feet from the stage. And I mean, I oh, wasn't shit. even in the front. Like I was actually up on a platform towards the back, you know? So from, from the stage to about as far back as you can get, which is right by the bar. Cause there's a bar that lines the back went, uh, the back wall. It's maybe 40 feet. Oh shit. And wide, I would say it's probably 60 to 70 feet wide. So oh my God, that is a small venue. Yeah. I mean, if you throw water, you can hit them. Like that's, that's how, so I saw, I saw them there and I saw Gary Newman there 
And, no way. Uh, yeah, and, and so both both of those shows were uh, intimate in size and uh, and amazing in in actuality because they were just they were just both absolutely amazing. Man, I, I think Gary Newman would draw a bigger crowd than that. He did draw a pretty big crowd. Um, it was not to the gills, but it, it was, it was a mm-hmm. lot. It was a lot of people. It was a lot of people. Um, I don't like going to, I'm I'm not a huge fan of crowds. So I would go to these smaller shows because I really want to see these guys, but I wouldn't do something like I wouldn't, I would never go to a show at an arena. You know, like if someone was mm-hmm. playing in the key arena, which is now the climate pledge arena, I would not go see a show there. Um, but if, but I lived across the street from the Crocodile, uh, you know, it was the Crocodile, which was a really small venue, and I would go see a show there because it would never, it would never be overflowing, like none of these shows were ever really overflowing. So it was, it was, it was a good time. I kind of miss it. You don't really get. I'm not, I'm not in the same person now, so I'm not seeing shows in Miami like I would in Seattle. It was just so much easier there. I'm pissed. I've only been to two concerts in my entire life. Which were? I went to 21 Pilots back in like 2012 before they were like, you know, big, you know, everybody knows 21 Pilots. You know, I'm OG. I'm a hipster. But um, that was at the at the Ritz in Tampa and, you know, small venue for, you know, now they're selling out Amelie Arena. You know, I, I was close enough to hit them with a rock. That was really cool. But I was 12. Who the hell and, uh, is Twenty One Pilots? You'd know them if I, <laughs> you'd know them if I played you a couple songs. But um, they're they're kind of, I still like them, but I don't listen to anything that they come out with anymore. Like my buddy, he's a big fan of them, and he goes to see them every time they're in town. But uh, you know the Heathens song? Sure don't. Oh my god. Okay. Well, are they like Imagine Dragons? No, no, Imagine Dragons. That that's. That's just an insult right there. I know 21 Pilots. It's gotten kind of cringy. You know, it's kind of like it, it's it's not emo girl music, but it's like sad girl kind of music now. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but they were they were good back in the day. I I, I enjoyed them. So who was the your what was went, your, what was your other one? Uh, it was a Pink Floyd cover band. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. You've you've just yeah. you've just cleansed your own palate. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Twenty One Pilots ticket was free, so. All right. Actually, well, fair enough. Fair enough. If it's if it's a... if it's free, then you're okay. You're off the hook. Yeah, I uh, I was supposed to go to a Tame Impala concert, but now there you go. Canceled. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> but that got canceled. That was back in. It was. Guess when it was? It was March uh, of 2020. Oh, the end times. Yes, and it was literally like two weeks away from going to the concert. It was like, yeah, the end of March. And then I was like, Oh shit, the world's shut down. That reminds me of when I was, when I had a ticket to go see Rammstein and, and uh, system of a down when they, when their first album came out and then what? And then nine 11 happened. No, <laughs> I was so excited. I was like a 21 year old kid getting ready to see these guys. Damn. Oh man. We haven't talked about hockey for like 15 minutes. I don't think there's a whole lot left. <laughs> nope. This is what happens when you only got two games to talk about. So uh, I want to, what, um, what, what do you got for uh, final thoughts here going forward? God, man, I don't even know where we're at right now. Um, <laughs> well, we're about to play Detroit tomorrow night. Okay. Well, if we lose, I'll be upset. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the same thing I said last week. Domination for that game. Everything else will be a disappointment because Detroit is a shit show. And I would hope that we could get at least more than 
one goal past them in regulation this time. All right, I'm with Flo- you on that one. Wait, Florida just lit them up for six yesterday. Six one. So what what do you got for what do you got for a score prediction? Hmm. I'm gonna assume Vasilevsky is gonna start this game because he hasn't played in a while. But at the same time, yeah, I'm gonna assume Vazzy starts this one. I'm gonna say five one Lightning. Five one Lightning. Got you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go four two. And um, I, I think Vassy also plays. I do. I don't think he's going to sit two games in a row. Mm-hmm. So that's how you start to get barnacles on your knees. What I'm going to bet you is that when we play Columbus, you said it's a home and home? Yeah. Okay. I bet you Vassy gets the first one and doesn't even travel. I, I think, yeah, the last two games of the season, they're going to be Columbus, New York. So I bet you Vasilevsky just stays home. Elliot gets those last two. So are you telling me? that there's going to be a max legacy game no 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 all right all right because i'm going to be but, very, i'm going to be very upset if there is actually you know what me saying vasilevsky's not even going to travel that might not be entirely possible given the lightning's cap restrictions right now they they probably don't even have the space to call up a backup just simply to sit on the bench so shit vasilevsky might travel but I, I would doubt he's going to play either of those last two games. And I would doubt that, you know what, it actually might happen. Because those last two games, I remember it was uh, Florida last year. I think we played the last two games against them. We, they, you know, both teams, they're heading into the playoffs. They're going to, they're not going to ice their stars. We held Hedman out. We held Kucherov. Or wait, no, Kuch didn't play. We held out our stars and just kind of let some of the other kids play just to, give them a couple extra days to heal up and be, you know, ready for playoffs. So I would assume something similar, but uh, getting getting too far ahead of myself here. Well, well, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. Yeah. And if you want to talk about it with us, let us know what your prediction is. 727-416-0613. Call us, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. Eventually you'll hear a show where there's a voicemail played. And then you can email us too at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. And you can also hit us up on Twitter at lightningrodpod. For Gannon, I am Johnny Pipes. We will talk to you uh, next Monday. Hopefully. Hopefully.